0: Physician assistants comprise a significant and vital component of a hospital's healthcare staff, but their voice often gets lost within the administration. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm P.A. Lisa DeAndre Linnell, your host, and with me today is Patrick Hillen. Patrick has faculty appointments at both Yale and Quinnipiac University and is a candidate for the president-elect of the American Association of Physician Assistants. He's here to discuss physician assistants, and how they can achieve proper representation within a hospital's administration. Hi, Patrick. Welcome to ReachMD.
1: Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for the invitation. This is exciting to participate.
0: Patrick, let's start with the definition of a physician assistant. I think this is at the core of where PAs end up and why they don't have as much of a voice as they should. How should we be categorized?
1: It's important to understand that physician assistants are healthcare professionals licensed to practice medicine with physician supervision. You know, PAs conduct physical exams, diagnose and treat illness, order, interpret, tests, counsel, and do preventative healthcare, assist in surgery, write prescriptions, and really work with physicians in taking and augmenting patient care. You know, PAs practice also can include education, research, as well as administrative services. You know, there's over 75,000 PAs that practice in the United States, and that's a large number of PAs that are actually working with physicians in a team approach to take care of patients.
0: Are we allied professionals?
1: No, actually we're not. In 1992, the National Commission on Allied Health, they actually created, was created by an act of Congress which defined allied health professionals as individuals other than nurses and PAs.
0: So is there a standard in which PAs should be categorized?
1: According to the Joint Commission Hospital Accreditation, the standard actually states that the hospital medical staff can create a category of membership and that PAs should be categorized as members of the medical staff, such as associate medical staff. But they have to be outlined in the bylaws of that hospital in order to outline the responsibilities of those medical staff members.
0: And how often do you see that in the bylaws in hospitals?
1: And that's an interesting question because many hospitals have not changed and updated their bylaws. This Joint Commission information came out in 2004. Many hospitals still list PAs under allied health, which is actually an inappropriate categorization. And a main issue for this discussion is to talk about the appropriate categorization of physician assistants within the medical staff.
0: So are PAs medical staff members?
1: Really, it depends on the hospital and the hospital bylaws. Um, Here at Danbury Hospital in Connecticut, where I'm employed, PAs are associate members of the medical staff within our hospital.
0: So to be a medical staff member, what has to happen?
1: The Medical Executive Committee, which oversees the practice of physicians and other providers within the hospital, They need to work with the medical staff and the medical director in order to make a very specific category to allow PAs to be in the medical staff under specific categories such as associate member.
0: So if a PA is an associate member and then a medical staff member, does that mean that they're then included in decision making and do they get their voice heard or do they get to place a vote on hospital issues?
1: Yes, it does because what it means is that they have a specific representation, expectation, and a vote that's outlined in the medical staff and the medical staff bylaws. And those bylaws outline each individual's responsibilities and ability to vote on different issues.
0: Can you tell us, what are the Joint Commission and Medicare policies on PAs being medical staff members?
1: As I mentioned before, in 2004, the Joint Commission supported the development of these different categories of membership for PAs or other individuals. While Medicare, the condition for participation in Medicare, that actually states that the governing body within the hospital has authority in accordance with state law to appoint some type of non-physician practitioner, such as a PA, to the medical staff. So it's very clear that these two organizations, the Joint Commission and Medicare, have outlined where hospitals should go in the future regarding where PAs participate within a hospital structure.
0: So the Joint Commission and Medicare believe that PAs should have a voice at the table and the hospitals just aren't caught up with that or maybe aren't comfortable with it at this point.
1: Either not comfortable or they just haven't updated their bylaws to meet the 2004 guidelines.
0: So in the hospital setting, do the PAs that work in the hospital setting themselves get together and organize their thoughts and have a representative for them?
1: Well, it's actually kind of interesting because it would vary depending on the hospital. In our hospital here, we did exactly that. We came together as a group and wanted to address some issues that were specific to PA practices as well as some patient care issues. But being under Allied Health, we really had limited representation to the medical staff, as well as the medical executive committee. So we wanted to investigate ways that we could increase our representation and vote regarding patient care issues.
0: And what did you do?
1: Well, you know, we actually asked. We formed the committee. We looked at all of our bylaws and guidelines within the hospital. The committee itself made changes to those bylaws and guidelines. And then we went to our medical director went to the medical director, discussed all those different topics and concerns that we had, worked with him to come out with something that that was amenable to everyone, and then we had the opportunity to present this information to the medical executive committee, which was really a great opportunity because in the medical executive committee, they reviewed everything. Those are all the different departments of an entire hospital and CEOs and administrators. They reviewed it with a fine-tooth comb and made some minor adjustments in our recommendation. And then the medical executive committee was the group that presented this to the medical staff. So it was really beneficial. It wasn't myself or the PA committee or PA committee chairperson that presented this. This was actually the director of the medical affairs department that made this presentation on behalf of PAs.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMD XM 160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Patrick Killian. Patrick has faculty appointments at both Yale and Quinnipiac University, and is a candidate for president-elect of the American Association of Physician Assistants. We are discussing how physician assistants can achieve proper representation within a hospital's administration. So, Patrick, you guys got together, you went to the medical director, and you changed the categorization of the physician assistant to allow a seat on the medical board and your voice to be heard. Now, was this just the physician assistants, or was this the nurse practitioners in the hospital as well?
1: Well, interestingly, when we started this process, it actually was the PAs that started the process, and kind of had the foresight to look at this, when the hospital administration then came back to us, they looked at this as a goal to have all physician assistants and APR, advanced practice registered nurses, participate with this. So we did come together as a group of PAs and nurse practitioners that ultimately reviewed these bylaws and made recommendations to the medical director.
0: Was there any resistance from the medical staff in the hospital?
1: No resistance from the medical staff, actually, because the vote was unanimously for the changes that we were proposing.
0: And in other hospitals, do nurse practitioners have less difficulty in this process?
1: No, nurse practitioners are in the same boat as PAs when it comes to medical staff issues. In fact, it's possible that it may be more difficult for nurse practitioners who may be required to participate in nursing departments or may have concerns, or nursing administration may have concerns with nurse practitioners participating under the Department of Medicine versus the Department of Nursing, for example. And then the other issue is, you know, some nursing issues may be brought up as a result of nursing union issues.
0: So let's talk about why it is so important for physician assistants to become more involved and have a voice there. Doesn't this all boil down to patient care and PAs are are there, their boots are on the ground delivering patient care. It's somewhat hard to believe that their voice isn't being heard. Can you explain a little bit about how we got here and why we're fighting for something that seems so obvious?
1: You know, I think it's because PAs have been focused on patient care, and clinical medicine, working in a hospital. We all work in our own department. We have department issues, clinical practice issues that are specific to your area of specialty. And I think that PAs have really shined well in those areas, but we haven't really looked at the role of administrative responsibilities within the hospital to improve our function and care that would be have a significant impact in the hospital setting.
0: Let's talk about that a little. In some medical settings where there's a large number of PAs, there's an administrative director that works with the medical director who oversees the PAs that work in the hospital. Sometimes this person's a PA, sometimes they're not. The VA is a great example of this. Seems to make great sense. Why don't we see this in every hospital?
1: interesting concepts regarding, for example, the vice president of PA services or a chief PA of PA services. And there are several hospitals that do have this type of administrative role. There's a PA that works in our institution, Chris Keenan, who does performance improvement and patient safety. But again, it's that role, the roles that we're looking at for vice president or chief PA, it's not consistent because In the past, in each individual department, PAs have really worked in that one area, and no one has come to the forefront to say, well, we need to look at a vice president of PA service or a chief PA overall about how PAs function within an institution. Do we meet all the Joint Commission guidelines and accreditation issues, credentialing, those types of issues? And it actually is a great potential opportunity for advancement for PAs within an administrative role.
0: Do you believe that part of this has to do with the lack of understanding of the role of the physician assistant by other healthcare professionals as well as healthcare administrators?
1: I think there's a very good understanding regarding the role and skills among clinical preceptors and personnel within the hospital. Although sometimes I think administrators may need a bit more education on that. You know, again, I think PA's have loved being clinicians, intended to focus on clinical responsibilities without giving thought about the administrative or leadership roles in an institution.
0: So what you're saying really is that the message here is that the PAs need to raise their single voice and make it a group voice and a louder voice and remind everyone of their presence in the hospital.
1: Exactly, because spread out throughout many different departments. You have many voices, but the voice is not as strong as one organized group under a membership category of associate member or under a chief PA or department of PA services.
0: So let's switch gears a bit and let's talk about PAs and credentialing and privileges in a hospital. I know that's been changing a lot, but back when I first finished school, it was nearly impossible to get privileges in a hospital. Is it still that difficult today?
1: It has been difficult in the past regarding credentialing privileges. However, fortunately, I think I see that credentialing and privileges really have not improved. PAs are readily credentialed upon graduation for skills and knowledge base that they have obtained within a PA program. In addition, the American Academy of Physician Assistants is assisting physician assistants with this by the development of a professional portfolio where a PA can actually log in skills, procedures, and knowledge information, and a supervising physician can then confirm your skills and countersign through this online program and this actually will be this professional portfolio becomes mobile with the PA as they move from institution or hospital or to private practice to allow administrators as well as credentialing bodies to clearly see the PA's history and skills within a credentialing body.
0: So it sounds like we're figuring out ways to make this process a little easier.
1: Exactly. And it needs to be mobile. Everyone needs access to this information. And if you've worked in an institution like myself for the last 18 years, you have that information. But if you're a new graduate or changing jobs, then this is something that you can take with you. And it's offered by the American Academy of Physician Assistants.
0: Great idea. Okay, so I'm a PA. I've been listening to this show. What are the top three things I need to do to make changes in my hospital today?
1: You need to step forward. You need to let people know that you're a physician assistant practicing within the hospital with the providers and participate on committees and councils within your department, but look for committees and councils outside of your department so that people know that a physician assistant works in performance improvement or a PA works on quality and patient safety issues. That's how we get physician assistant knowledge and information out to administrators and other individuals.
0: Thank you, Patrick, for coming on the show.
1: Thank you very much.
0: I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And thanks for listening.